Bar Podcast Network presents A Guy, A Bride, and a Bible. Grab your Bible and your person. Mark, he's the guy. Andrea, she's the bride. Open up and read along. <clears throat> Sorry, no cough button. Uh, continuing on, verse 21 through the end of chapter 1. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds, as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, to present you holy, sorry, faultless and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I'm completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I've become its servant, according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the, the hidden mystery for all ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. Whew. The word of the Lord. I needed that today. It's a doozy. It's encouraging, though. It is encouraging. All right. So I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Oh, then we're done. See ya. <laughs> okay, I have a couple notes. Um, well, any big things you want to say first before we... I want to remind everybody, especially if you did not hear our introduction, the, um, the place of all this, Paul's never visited this city and never will visit this city. He's never been to this church. Mm. He didn't plant it. Um, Epaphras did, according to tradition in our um, earlier chapter, uh, earlier in chapter one, rather. So his his encouragement here is the first time to address this people group living in a, a pretty metropolitan place with a lot of different um, faiths and interpretations of this new sect called the Way, and that's not called Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's a group of Jews following after this person, Jesus of Nazareth, that they're proclaiming is Messiah. So if you put your head in that space of that first century Jewish and slash Gentile believer, the Gentiles have a disadvantage because they don't even know what a Messiah is. Mm-hmm. They do have an idea what a God is, a false God. But they have to come to this place of uh, uh, an awareness that God, the one who created everything, sent his son. And Paul does such an amazing job giving Christ that supremacy um, in this description from 15. So I'll stop there and you read your verse. Um, So right on verse 15, I have a um, like a header part. So um, for the part about the supremacy of Christ. This passage has been typeset as poetry because many scholars regard this passage as poetic or hymnic. These terms are used broadly to refer to the genre of writing, not to the content. There are two broad criteria for determining if a passage is poetic or hymnic. 
stylistic, a certain rhythmical lilt when the passage is read aloud, the presence of parallelismus membrorum. Get going. I.e. an arrangement into couplets, the semblance of some meter, and the presence of rhetorical devices such as alliteration, chiasmus, they don't say what that is, <laughs> and antithesis, you know, chiasmus. That's what they're going to take a pill for. Alliteration, chiasmus, and antithesis. Okay. Linguistic, an unusual vocabulary. Sorry, pause. So the net has notes for everything, and then they just throw a word in there, and they don't explain <laughs> it. Like, they have a note on, like... Um, they have a note on that expression for the display of is an attempt to convey in English the force of the Greek preposition in this context. Like that's the kind of stuff they have. And then yeah. they throw chiasmus. Because you're supposed to know chiasmus. You should look it up. Okay. Um, linguistic, sorry, an unusual vocabulary, particularly the presence of theological terms, which is different from the surrounding context. Okay. Classifying a passage as hymn. This is just interesting. Okay. Classify. Classifying a passage as hymnic or poetic is important because understanding this genre can provide keys to interpretation. However, not all scholars agree that the above criteria are present in this passage, so the decision to typeset it as poetry should be viewed as a tentative decision about its genre. Wow. Mm. So that's nothing about the passage. But it does have some... It does read... The, re the reason I kind of like that it's typeset. written this way is that, for me, it kind of makes me pause. Mm-hmm. And read it a little bit more intentionally. Well, like expectantly. Like I'm like, oh, this is gonna be something that's, uh, you know, like if you hear a good, like like a church classic thing, a yeah. church when they're gonna bring it home. When they're bringing right? it home. They're bringing it home. They have the piano player come out, and they start <laughs> playing the music. They're going to do the altar call. You're saying that you know? at the very beginning of this, Paul already starts off just, hey, man, just stay up on the stage. We yeah, he's like, all right, <laughs> can I get the musicians up here, please? Can you just riff for me, you know? Oh, my gosh, that's, that's Paul. And then, imagine that, you know, you've got the emotional music. Yeah. You know? He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all. That, God. that sounds, you know what I mean? I, that's why I, I kind of yeah. see it. I, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. I know what you're, where you're and going with that. And it's really beautiful the way it's, you know, to really, I think you got to kind of pause and, and he really wants us to contemplate who Jesus is, From not to just be, you know, you got to do this <clears throat> and this and this, right? We're going to start by taking stock kind of like, actually, this is the way I try to pray. Not perfectly, obviously, but the acts format. Yeah. Um, that you start with adoration. Like, mm -hmm. you don't come in with, like, so this is going wrong, this is going wrong, I want this. It doesn't even start with Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because Thanksgiving seems like a good way to start. You know, I, we don't have to follow a formula, obviously. It says pray without ceasing, and it says to, you know, cast yeah. your cares on him. But if you're being intentional about it, you don't even start with saying, because that's focused on us. We're giving Thanksgiving a lot of the yeah. time. Thank you for providing for my needs. Yeah. Thank you for giving me an amazing husband and You're beautiful welcome. children. And, you know, this, it's different. Because I will slip into Thanksgiving when I'm trying to do adoration. And I'll be like, oh, that's, how is that different really? But it's not looking at what he's done for us. It's looking at, like, how incredible he is. Yeah. There's, that's different. It really helps me to kind of get in the right space. So that's kind of what I think of. So now when I do adoration, I'm going to picture the piano player. That's right. And I'm going to get in my feelings. I remember uh, a few years back in study when, um, I don't even know when this was, but like you were sharing, and as you 
pointed out, the very typeset, it's not in the paragraph form. It's written like a psalm is written in terms of just looking at it, its appearance. I guess I could have described that. I just kind of talked about it. But I, I as, a, as a kid growing up reading the Bible, having it read to you, going to Bible classes, things like that, I don't ever recall somebody saying, why? Um, yeah, that's why this is so cool. Because I would never really thought about it unless the net had a long... Well, this is when, when I was taught the why, and again, I was probably my early adulthood. Um, it was because it was a song or, or a poem or what, what else is written kind of like in that typeset? Well, you just tell us all, why don't you You know this? I'm waiting for you. A reference to the old Testament. A reference. Well, yes. And what I was going to elaborate there is that if you go to the old Testament, you find for instance, go to the book of Judges, and it says the song of Deborah. Mm-hmm. And Deborah is broken down into this prose. You go to, even jump back into Exodus, and you have the song of Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses actually sings over Israel, and it's a very long song. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't realize that there are psalms that are Moses-written psalms. Mm-hmm. David clearly didn't write them all. Yeah. However, in the Jewish text, in Hebrew, their prayers are sung and their worship is sung it is not spoken Mm -hmm. so if you want to jump into well this is interesting we'll jump into the lord's prayer we call the lord's prayer in the sermon on the mount when disciples tell jesus can you please teach us to pray and he says okay this is what you got to do if you look at the prose it's broken down the same way in our english bibles where we look at this and it looks like a psalm it looks like a poem it's broken down it's not in paragraph form Mm -hmm. Because he's singing it. Mm-hmm. If uh, it's also, I, mean, I think maybe he did that. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't. Well, there. it's cultural. Well, and also it again, it kind of emphasizes it differently too. It makes it more memorable. That's it, right there. Because they were also in Moses. I was. We have an oral tradition too. So yes, and our brains. You're the brain expert. Our brains remember everything in song more yeah. than it remembers everything in speech. Well, you know what I do in my classes. Not nearly as important as this, but yeah. I rewrite songs. Yeah. On because especially for stuff that's really hard to remember, yeah. it's just a way to cement it. There's something about it. So this or rap. We haven't even gotten to the content of this, yeah. but this 15 through 20 in song form, I didn't know until us sitting here that in the notes it says that this was um, an early Christian hymn. So Paul starts off with. But a, he wrote it right. Well, it doesn't say that. It, in so these notes, it been... just says most scholars regard this passage as Paul's citation of an early Christian oh. hymn. This presents no threat to the integrity of the biblical text since the inspired apostle cited it with wholehearted approval. Hmm. So uh, we don't know the author of it, uh, of, the, of the hymn. And this is really the only place we see it in, context, in, in its context and in its full content as well. It's not written in any other parts in this content. But I believe, as, as we're reading this, this Paul's introduction. Hey, this is me. You guys probably heard about me. But this isn't about me. This is who it's about. Let's talk about Jesus. Yeah. And he writes this. Clearly, he doesn't sing it. But when this letter is re- read to the Church of Colossae, whoever's reading it is going to sing it. And one of two things is going to happen. Either the Church of Colossae, or they're going to know this hymn, and they're going to sing along with the letter. Or they're going to learn a new song. And that is going to give them that established theology and doctrine of the supremacy of 
Yahweh, of Messiah rather, mm -hmm. which is a big deal. So let's get to that real quick. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. That pulls it right there to John chapter 1, verse 1. Yeah. Just off the jump. Just well, pulls just it right into Realizing it. he wasn't a new character. You know, he, he was... And you also, we talk about this a lot, where in references in the Old Testament that a lot of the time they talk about a person being there. Yeah. It was actually not an angel, but actually Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Christophany. The Christophany. I love that word. Uh, then verse 16 is establishing more of his supremacy, and that is by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, the seen and unseen, thrones or angelic powers, rulers or authorities. You know where I want to go with that. Mm -hmm. That's the my, unseen realm. That is the unseen realm. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Dr. Michael. Yeah. Um, this is a huge deal because oftentimes, new believers especially, uh, we get this place in our head of the, that separating the human Jesus from the eternal Jesus. But we see here clearly Paul's establishing going into John 1, but jumping all the way to um, Genesis mm -hmm. chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, uh, well, not sorry, in the beginning was, uh, I'm totally stuck on John 1 in my head. Coffee hasn't kicked in. In the beginning, God. Right. And we see God in our English translations, but in the Hebrew, we know that it's a far richer text than just that he hovered over the chaos. And so when we, we get the opportunity here, both to put Colossians with John and say, Jesus was the, the part, Jesus was the creating part of this concert of the Trinity, mm -hmm. the spirit of God, the word of God, who is Jesus, mm -hmm. the presence of God, Yahweh, make just all there in one at the very creation. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just he created the earth. Paul makes it very clear. No, it was everything, whether you see not it or not. Not just what we have in our temporal. Yep. So, and uh, then I love that he created everything and everything was created through him and for him. That's that. that that's to me, I just need to look at that verse one and be like the adoration thing. Yeah. I just got to be like, all these worries that I have, like he literally holds everything and he has the ability to control every everything yeah. and so for me to think of my problems as as too big or you know unchangeable it's kind of silly when you read this verse it's like well yeah you, it totally puts and i think that's key good. to the time of the first century because they're going through massive persecution still they're going through extermination measures as so soon as people are getting saved people are getting killed so he's reminding them who has got their back yeah that even in and who death, they serve. even yeah. in death, Christ is there. He's mm -hmm. he was the first one who took out death. He's he's the yeah. one. And then same thing in seventeen. <clears throat> yep. Um, he's before all things, like you were saying. So he's timeless. He's he 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 didn't just show up when he was born. He's eternal past, mm -hmm. and he's eternal. And he's holding form. everything together. Love that, JJ. I gotta think of you, JJ Heller. You should, we really, I would, man. If she liked, well, something, we probably should tag her. Yeah. So know. JJ. Super simple, super sweet song, but um, your hands is totally biblical here. She says, when my world is, oh my gosh, I just sing it all the time. When my world is falling or shaking, uh -huh. heaven stands 
when my heart is breaking, I never leave your hands. So really just picturing that he's holding us. Nice. I'm sorry, I butchered it there. If You're I sing fine. it, I can have it. Go okay. Ahead. No. No. Okay. And then he's the head of the body of the church. He's the firstborn. So he can, yeah. So I, I think this he, is kind of just reemphasizing and showing it in different ways. And again, this, well, this is, this is a type of creed. You know, in terms of we have the Apostles' Creed and we have Nicene Creed. But before that, this is a creed to crying, crying out, this is Jesus. And Jesus who lived here with us was more than Jesus of Nazareth. And going through mm. from creation, pre-creation, death, resurrection, and just keep moving through it. And this is the part where, um, uh, verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him reconcile all things to himself. That is the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's not just a nice prophet teacher mm -hmm. who impacted history so greatly that it split time. The very fullness of God was embodied in him. And not just that, but for the purpose of... Reconciliation. Reconciliation and peace. Like he could just, he doesn't have to. None of that is, that's all just his grace. Yeah. It's not because he was lacking anything. Yeah. You know, I would love to challenge if any worship leaders hear this someday. Uh, I don't recall ever singing a song in church with music put to these verses, but uh, I got a little challenge out there for somebody to do it before AI does it. How about that? <laughs> Uh, verse 21, yep. once you were alienated, separated, kept at bay from God, and you were hostile in your attitude by wicked deeds. That's, that's intense. Mine says you are at one time strangers and enemies in your minds <clears throat> as expressed through your evil deeds. So, so it starts with our mind. Yep, and it comes out of our actions. Mm -hmm. So this is that part where people were lost, unsaved, yet saved, and... And it was clear that they were enemies of God because of what they did, how they lived. So Paul is making a declaration here. We're not good. When we don't have God, we are at odds with him based on our deeds because our minds are corrupt. That's huge, especially for today. So Paul is, Paul would be writing this letter today. And so we are enemies and strangers and we have, we're doing evil but his through jesus the reconciler we he, he he presents us like i see it as like presenting like yeah through, um like hand, like displaying something. through it's because of his death and some people say yeah. well why did he have to die because so to present us holy without blemish and blameless before him because Bingo. it's like the classic thing where like something's <clears throat> white and it has like one spot you know and that all those metaphors, you know, that it's, it, he can't, he can't, like God is holy and he can't even look on evil. Yeah. And so Jesus makes us, he presents us yeah. to him where we couldn't even approach him. Skipping down a little bit, the, um, two things, not, it says, um, verse 23, if indeed you remain grounded, remain grounded and steadfast in the faith. So Paul's saying, listen, you've got to, you've got to persevere through this. It's not one and done. How many times have we seen people who 
they pray the prayer or they go to church camp or something like this. And all of a sudden, man, they have this great experience. God is real. You check on them. And six months down the road, they haven't touched your Bible. They haven't prayed and they are living a sinful life again. And not in community. And not in community. That's, That's a big, a big, big deal. Because he talks about that a lot. And they fall away from that. Mm-hmm. But this is where if indeed you remain that way, then you are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. Mm-hmm. We. It's a daily thing. It's and not... again, remember, remember, they're under persecution. They've got reason to shift away in terms of the government coming against them to destroy them. So he's, for really, he's really encouraging them. Yes, he is. Big time. This gospel has been proclaimed. This is a big deal. This gospel <clears throat> that he just presented has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. And I have become a servant to it. This is that, that verse that goes with Romans 1. He already established Romans 1. So he's tying to it where it says... Um, you aren't blameless because even if a pastor or a preacher and evangelist doesn't show up and proclaim this gospel, God has already done so in creation. You cannot avoid yeah. your responsibilities because of that. And then 24, that's when, you know, he's, he might, is he in jail? Oh yeah. He's writing this. Yeah. So this is where our American, this is where we just go, man, we, we have it pretty easy. He's writing all this from prison. And he says, I rejoice in my sufferings for you for, and I fill up in my body, my physical body for the sake of this, the, of his body, the church, what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ? What does anything that mean? That last part, the lacking in, in fill suffering? up in my physical body. What is lacking in the sufferings of Christ? What well, no, mean? no, it's not in Christ um, per se. Okay. My verse, my, I've got two Bibles in front of me. So I've got, um, let's see what it says here in the, this one says, I fill up what is lacking in the afflictions of Messiah. And the other one here says, I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body. That is the church. So it's not, it's not saying, Paul is not saying that the crucifixion of Christ is lacking anything. But he's saying that the body, in quotes, the church of God, this is the church, is coming into suffering. Paul is taking more suffering upon himself, not to be another Christ, that his suffering does anything, mm-hmm. but he's taking that suffering into himself in terms of for their, a, sake. for their sake, saying, I'm doing this. You guys can still worship. They've caught me. I'm being beat senselessly. Yeah. I am in the open doing all this. But he can still rejoice. Because, I can still rejoice in this. Because God's still good. Yes. Uh, my little thing here says, this verse does not imply deficiency in Christ's atoning sacrifice on the cross. Behind it stands a Jewish and early Christian conviction of a predetermined amount of suffering to be endure, endured by God's people before the consummation of the age. Paul saw his suffering on behalf of Christ as contributing to the sum total. So there was this understanding of when this glass gets full, when this cup of suffering gets full, then... We're out. Oh, okay. And then kind of 25's continuing that. So he became a yeah. servant. Or slave, actually, in the, in the original language. Of the church, according to the stewardship from God, given to me for you. So that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, Paul, is not fighting against what the, the suffering. He's not. He's accepting it because he, he sees it as part of his. Yeah. His lot that he's been handed, kind of, right? But you know what I love? 
this verse in 26. We can blast through this, but this little verse is, for me, the verse that says the Old Testament is still relevant. Because what does it say? It says, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now is revealed to his saints. So it is now that we can go back into the Old Testament and see Messiah through mm -hmm. all the prophecies. Now it all fits. Now it all fits. Now the key is dropped and we can decode the thing, if mm -hmm. you will. Yeah, in 27, God wanted to make known to them the, the, the glorious riches of this mystery. Mm -hmm. So the the law, the prophets, right? right? Mm -hmm. The gospel. Um to the Gentiles. And the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. Christ will live in you. He will dwell within you. And that is, he is the very hope of glory itself. And that's tying back to 24. Mm -hmm. That's why he can still rejoice even though he... Yeah. I mean, he probably knew based on what was happening. He probably knew he was going to die. Oh, he well, he knew he was going to die the day he got, he got redeemed. Right. And he so, talks about that. I'm dead. Already. I think it's easy to be like, oh, I can, I can do all things. Yeah. You know. Well, it's just like the John Piper clip that I saw. Yeah. John Piper. So, you think he's a sweet little pilgrim Puritan guy, and then to come across this clip, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to butcher. It. I forget why he said it this way, but he's like, people always wonder what the will of God is, and he says, the will of God is that you should die. And he just screams it out there. What? An earth-shattering reality as a Christian, you are meant to die. You okay. are meant to die in Christ. That's a big deal. Um, pulling it back into it, he this is this is in 2020. We proclaim him warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So warning and teaching. What's he warning? He's warning against all the false religions, the Judaizers the Gnostics, um, the false teachers that are coming through, all that stuff is, is bounding. And so Paul's saying this right here, what I just, this is it. Don't, li don't listen to everything else. We got a list of people to listen to. The rest of them, I'm going to tell you who they are and don't listen to them. Mm -hmm. All right, so that wraps up pretty much our chapter one. We'll do two on next one. I just... Oh, go ahead. The last part, I just need to remember this. 29, um, according to his power. Yes. Like, I just think that is such a good reminder because like right now there's just a lot going on, yeah. um, in our family and just my work and there's a lot. And so to really remember that I, cause I can take a lot of things on and feel like a lot of pressure, mm -hmm. but, um, to realize that like, I shouldn't be working in my own strength. Correct. I think you just can't emphasize that enough, you know, our enemy would love very much for us to do that even to get so caught up in the labors of god in that we're not presenting the gospel we get so caught up in the stuff that mm -hmm. we don't do the very simple thing of loving our neighbor of preaching the gospel and of just reaching out in this dark world mm -hmm. we get caught up in politics we get caught up in in conspiracy we get caught up in all kinds of things and we forget that God has made a way that right now, right now, this is just Paul's day, but right now the church of Jesus Christ is growing in places that they are persecuted openly, mm -hmm. not growing in the Western world. Statistics show, studies show 
that church attendance, membership, and even declaring I am a Christian is falling generation after generation from Western Europe all the way through America. But you go to places where there's massive persecution and the church is growing by leaps and bounds. That's the dichotomy of peace. When we have too much peace, we don't have a reason to cry out to God, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And Paul is is dealing with people who have a little bit of peace. The Gentiles who are not following Christ, you know, they're not being persecuted by Rome. Mm-hmm. But now that all of a sudden we're going to embrace the one God, we're going to fall into persecution. We're going to have all these false teachers coming in to talk about how Paul was wrong and you still need to be circumcised and you can't eat this and you still got to pay temple taxes and blah, 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 blah. Uh, today we can run straight parallel with this. Straight parallel. So I'm. Uh, this is one reason why I love Colossians so much. I just love it because it's, it is perfectly relevant to mm-hmm. today. So, um, yeah, we do have stuff going on in our lives, some intense things and some wonderful things. Yeah, I don't think we need to... We won't go into details yeah, too much, just, but we will ask for prayer for, yeah. you know, this is, 2000, this is June 27th, 2023. So we're going to ask for prayer for things if you're listening to this freshly. If you listen to this in 2029, some, don't, don't worry about what we're asking Some health stuff for. for family members. Yeah, some, um, some personal stuff we'll, um, we'll continue to seek the Lord for. Mm-hmm. And not... Not as like important, but still a stressor. Yeah. Is I have a class starting. Our professor. In two days here. Remember, she has a doctor. Been in and out of the hospital with. I mean, this isn't a secret, right? No. My um, so I, I found myself this. I was like, I can't say this to him because I'll cry. But when I was talking about him, I I said my dad is in the hospital. My oh, he's my yeah. stepdad, but I started to. Baby. Um, because like he doesn't treat me. Nope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just it, it reminds me because like the way you talk to the girls, you never are like, well, this is she's not my actual daughter; she's my stepdaughter. You don't do that. So, nope. anyway, he's been in and out of the hospital. He's in the hospital currently. I just got a text yeah. that he's probably gone home well, later that's today. Awesome, God is good. Yeah. So it's just been, um, and obviously, I want to be there, but trying to prep for a class that's new to me yeah. in the middle of all that. Yeah. So. That's why I'm not in my strength and doesn't have to be perfect. I'm hard on myself. I'm just going to do my best and make sure I focus on the key stuff and not worry about what students are saying about me or thinking about me. They just want to get through their class. It's a hard class. Do you know that? I mean, they do. These students don't even care about inspiration. They just want to get through the class. Anyway, so thank you for encouraging us to do this. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Glad we got it done. Yeah. God, we're working through Colossians. Two is coming up by our next recording. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys are all doing well. Bless you. Hey, don't forget to share our uh, our lovely little podcast and uh, give us some ratings so we can we can stay relevant. That'd be mm-hmm. great. But more importantly, I just I really want you guys to share it um, in your social media. Uh, tell friends to listen, not for the sake of our popularity, but for the sake of getting in the Word. Remember, this is all about um, reading the Word out loud together, husbands and wives. So specifically reading the word together. When we read it out loud together, we grow deeper in faith. Because remember, we gather together in community. We should take a priority to read the Bible out loud. So, um, yeah, that's about that. Remember the gospel that we are separated by sin. God created us in perfection through Adam and Eve. 
Adam and Eve brought sin into the world by disobeying a holy God. And a holy God cannot abide by sin. Mm -hmm. So in doing so, he wanted to reconcile us. Mm -hmm. How did he do that? Paul just shared it with us. By embodying human form through the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who lived for 33 years a sinless life, who taught how to live, why to live, and who to worship. And in doing so, went to the cross to fulfill the price of sin, and that is death. He paid that price by dying, but he ransomed us by resurrecting. Mm -hmm. He didn't stay dead. Mm -hmm. He came with, he punched death and the grave right in the mouth, <laughs> took their teeth, <laughs> took the keys, left them a bloody heap, and said, I'm the firstborn of the dead. This is the hope that we have in Christ, the resurrection. So we are now embodied by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit lives in all those who have been regenerate through uh, receiving this gift of, of salvation through Christ. And we receive it by recognizing that we too are sinners. And we recognize that by the Holy Spirit. And to that, we simply say, we, conf we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And in doing so, we know we will be saved. So we encourage you, join us in, in believing the gospel, believing on the word of God and believing on Jesus Christ. You can get in touch with us by emailing us at uh, Andrea, in the letter N, markA at gmail.com. And with that, I'm Mark, I'm the guy. I'm Andrea and the bride. And we just got done reading the Bible.